Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Difficulty Adjusted. Today, my guest is Barn Miner. Um, Barn Miner, one of the first things that I want to say to you is thank you. Uh, I think in throughout my mining journey, a lot of my fundamental mining knowledge has actually come from just watching all your posts throughout the Home Mining Wizards Telegram group. Um, and honestly, I've just been able to DM you with a few questions myself and you've been really helpful in some data gathering practices around miners and I just want to say thank you for that. Um, I think your your contributions in the space are really, really seen. And uh, thank you for for what you do for the, all of the plead miners of the world. So uh, I really appreciate that. Um, you know, I think I think we had been talking about it a little bit before we started recording, but I want to just give you a chance to sort of talk about how you got into the mining space in just in particular. Um, and then how this kind of episode that we're in right now i think there's a winston churchill quote that says if you're going through hell keep going um how how this episode right now in the market um sort of differs from when you came in and sort of what the future looks like um and what what we think the future looks like and um yeah so how did how did barn miner become barn miner and to please tell us so tell us about the name too <laughs> Uh, the barn miner oh, yeah, name. It's a, well, uh, yeah, well, I've got I've, I've built a pole barn and I end up throwing some ASICs in there, and that's just kind of how how it stuck. A lot of guys joke it's not a full size. It's a it's a basically a large shed. It's a twelve by twenty four. But uh, people give me shit about being a barn miner. I should be shed miner. <laughs> but other than that, I, I basically I think I started my idea or thought of getting into mining was uh, probably around May twenty twenty one. I think. And then, um, so I ended up purchasing a compass bundle and I got a little skittish and, and worried about what was going on. I don't know, probably by August with their late deployments. Um, at the same time, I happened to be building a storage facility at the barn out there in the backyard and decided to go ahead and throw some, throw some electricity over there enough to run at least a couple of miners just to see how it works and, and see if I could do it. You know, I figured just paying for hash and having to host it. I'm not going to learn anything. And I had kind of gone through wallets and hardware wallets and nodes and lightning and, and figured it's the next step. So it kind of worked out in my favor. I ended up, you know, Nixon compass, getting, getting, taking custody of one miner and um, just kind of going balls to the wall with the barn. So I mean, I was about to ask. It's been interesting. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I was about to ask, is that something that you were able to do right away? Were you actually able to take custody of your miners? Because I'm sure we have some listeners that are Compass customers. And was that something that you were actually able to successfully do? I took, so it, it they were, gosh, I bought the, I want to say the bundle was supposed to be back in September. No, no, no. It was delivery first of the year. I can't remember. I ended up taking custody of one and getting a refund for the rest because they basically, they had just dicked around and it was late and then it was late again. And then they were switching facilities and it just wasn't, you know, the contract was a couple things. And I don't know what the contracts look like today, but somehow I was able to, to take custody. The option was to take custody and a refund afterwards, but they ended up doing, doing both because they kind of reneged on some things. So when you did take custody of your miners, was that the, I'm assuming the compass miner that you bought was the first one that went into your barn, right? Actually, no, because I had intentionally planned on to trying to run some miners at the same time uh, while I was having hosted, as I figured I'd throw a couple in, in the barn. I knew it wasn't going to be profitable, but uh, it was more of a learning experience. You know, At the time, I think the rate, my rate at the house was 12 or 13 cents. So I knew going in, it would, it would take a hit. 
but um the first minor i got was an m31 okay uh s plus okay nice so it was already in there it was in before i took custody of the compass minor which was some sometime in february i already had three or four minors in the barn okay nice so uh, walk me through a little bit about how you man- did the project management side of building out that barn in the first place. I mean, how did you go about deciding that you wanted to do a pole barn as opposed to some other, you know, garden variety Home Depot shed? Um, I think the infrastructure is always pretty interesting. And then how did you go about thinking about airflow? How did you end up building that in? Um, what was the, you said you knew that your rate tariff was 12 or 13 cents a kilowatt hour. Um, Go into the electrical too. I mean, is that something? Have you had multiple conversations with your utility company? Um, is have you been able to get your rate changed? All those types of considerations that every miner is always thinking about when they're when they're standing up a little bit of an operation. Yeah, initially the the barn was just storage, right? So it was barn for barn stuff. We had outgrown our utility shed, which was like a ten by twelve, and just ran out of room. So we needed more stuff. We got a few kids in the house and a small house and we needed, we needed to store stuff. But, uh, I just basically, it's a 14, it's 12 foot tall. It's about 14 foot at the peak. So there's all this space at the top and I ended up putting the miners in a loft. So they're out of the way. They're not really taking up any space that I would be using normally. So I, I threw them at the top end and I've got a buddy who's an HVAC, you know, an HVAC guy and he helped me design basically the airflow. So it comes out the top at the gable with a 4,800 CFM fan. And then the intake is the actual roll-up door. So it's a 10 by 10 roll-up door and that roll-up door stays cracked. And there's a frame with filter media kind of pulling the intake. So it just pulls the cool air out, shoots the hot air out the top. How, how much do you have to leave? It's just simple. Yeah, no, I mean. Simple as I can do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as simple as elegant and simple yeah. is much better as, I mean, that's something we've definitely learned in our operations that you want to just make things as simple and straightforward as possible. The keep it simple, stupid yeah, we, philosophy. Absolutely. We looked at louvers, um, putting louvers at the top. It got costly because it's a custom build. It's something beyond my my experience. So you have to hire somebody out and it just ended up being, I don't know, there's a couple grand versus a hundred bucks worth of, you know, aluminum screen frame at the bottom is what I do. Just, uh, you know, I lift it up about two feet. Um, initially, as far as figuring out the volume, we had an engineer um, do the math for us, giving them basically the volume and how many, you know, how many ASICs we were planning on putting on there. He did the math and it's basically a two foot by 10 foot opening for the intake. Do you know what that math is off the top of your head? Is it, is it the surface area of the actual intake, um, divided by the obviously number of ASICs you have and what the average pole is on, on each one of those ASICs, but yeah. I could not tell you the formula, to be honest. <laughs> it's always something I'm People interested in. People smarter than yeah. I. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, no, that's it, it is. It's, it's very complex. Yeah. HVAC is just, it's, I, I, I never had a respect for it until I started playing with miners. You really, you have no idea what's going on. When you, when you start moving all that CFM, it gets crazy. Start swirling around and you, you know, little heat pockets here and there. And it's just been, it's been challenging and I'm still working on it. So still working on trying to keep things cooler yeah the design of the airflow is something that's so interesting because i mean like you said the heat pockets you can't see what's happening in there um Mm -hmm. and when you're when you when you just keep getting red lights for example and you don't understand why especially the first time you're trying to set that stuff up um you know it can be really discouraging because again there's just no immediate feedback other than are the are these temperatures getting too hot um so i mean finding a way to actually go about designing it in a way that 
works and you know it always ends up where you just massively overcompensate for what you're originally originally planned for but um yeah yeah you definitely have to be nimble it never works the first time but i i did i i still not you know prime right now because i'm kind of in phase two because it's grown we'll, we can talk about the electricity rate shortly but um you know initially i just threw some asics up there on the shelf and then had a fan and it worked fine until the summer, right? Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, these ASICs are just shooting hot air out. You know, you're guessing that's going through that fan. I mean, the fan's got a lot of CFM, but it was bouncing around and coming back in. And so it started, you know, I started to get the red lights. And then I just had my simple fix is just this my current setup. Of, I think what I'm probably the most recent pictures is just a rectangle, you know, going around, <clears throat> going just out, outlining the, the exhaust fan. Yeah. And it's just, uh, that's helping now, but it's not, it's not prime. And, and is the climate where you are, do you get a lot of variation between summer and winter? No, not at all. It's basically summer here. It's a subtropical environment. So you have high humidity in the morning. It's usually in the seventies and gets up to, you know, up to the nineties in the summertime. And is, so is winter. Yeah. Is, is, we'll get a couple of weeks of winter. Okay, cool. So does, is, is humidity something that you actually have to plan for and, and take any steps to re remedy in your airflow setup? It's high right now, and I'm trying to remedy that. I'm going to attempt to remedy that by kind of pushing some hot air back. But right now, it's just I'm dealing with it. It's coming in a little higher than spec than it should be, but um, still, still cranking away. Yeah, that's how it is. Uh, so I mean, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about electrical. I mean, how you ended up getting this service out there because I think dealing with utility companies is probably sometimes one of the most intimidating aspects of this because. I mean, we've dealt with utility companies that are just walled gardens of bureaucracy. I mean, and there's just no customer service. There's no investment in customer experience. Um, and there's definitely no understanding about what miners, <laughs> what miners actually need. Yeah, so, what you need. Yeah. Right? So, so what was your experience in, in getting set up with them? How you interfaced with them? Um, and then also if there's any sort of downward uh, pressure that you can find on rates, the more miners that you plug in. Yeah, so first, I guess I'd start off. We are a regulated um, state in the state of Florida, and we have one option. We don't. We're not an unregulated where I can shop. So I have a rate that there's a tariff, and that's that's that. Um, but I think maybe midsummer or fall, I started. I think uh, Big Kahuna had done something about power purchase agreements. So I started reading about that. I realized that I don't have any. But I can read the tariff documents. So I started reading the tariff documents and I found that I qualified for a commercial rate if I had 9,000 kilowatt hours a month. So after that, I, you know, I read the docs, kind of educated myself, and then I called them a couple of times. And then they have no idea what you're talking about, of course, when you talk. They just they have no clue. They're just I guess they're not trained. They don't care. <laughs> you're a rate payer. So you, you have no other option. But I, I had to counsel the person I talked to probably for like 30 minutes on why I, why I can get this rate and why I qualify. And uh, finally got it changed to a commercial rate. <clears throat> Significantly, like a 30% decrease. I mean, it's not a flat rate, but it, it varies just depending on your usage. But I mean, it was, it, that was a huge impact. So I, I got the rate dropped from... 12, 13 cents, and now it's floating between eight and nine cents. I mean, it's not ideal unicorn rate, but it's it's doable, you know, for now. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, for, for now at least. Um, well, let's hope it stays that way. Let's hope actually some some higher power rates become viable yet again. 
Um, you know, yeah. speculate for a minute because I think a lot of people, again, uh, they start interfacing with their power company and they don't realize that they can get those rates. What is it about tariffs that make these things so confusing? Why is it so impenetrable for people to get in there? Um, and why don't why don't utility companies understand what it is that we're doing? I mean, what what is it that's so mystifying to them, you think? I, they've never had a customer like you that wants, uh, you know, that, that wants the constant load. Everybody in their house, you know, you, you ramp up and you ramp down, you go to sleep, but the miners never sleep. They're on 24 seven. So right now I'm still pulling off my residential meter. I, I literally have outside, I got uh, a pole sitting there next to my barn <laughs> with a transformer, but it's not connected yet. So it's waiting on parts. Oh, so you're beefing up, you're beefing up your service right now. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I've got 200 amps just to the house. So right now I'm, I'm maxed out. I'm pulling a hundred amps and then there's literally, it's just waiting on me. It's out there. It's waiting on my electrician to get me some parts. Okay. Um, so I got, so it's like, this is phase two. So once I realized I could get my rate down, I'm like, well, hell I've got, can I get another meter? And then, yeah, you can get another meter. Can I get 400 amps? Yeah. And then. How much is that going to cost me? Well, you can have a credit. So I got—I didn't pay anything for them to upgrade the transformer or drop the pole just because it was a new building and I could apply for new service. Wow. So that was like, why not? Yeah, why not indeed? Um, so how long, how long did they give you? Did they give you a timeline for uh, how long that would take, one, to install the pole? It sounds like so they've got the pole down I'm, and everything. They so. beat me. Yeah. <laughs> they beat me to it. So this was back in the summer, um, this summer. And I want to say it was, we requested it, the application, we had to do some drawings, you know, just like new, new service, just like anybody would for a house or building. And then, um, I think I requested it be done in July. I think I started in the application in June and they were done, I don't know, probably about a month ago. So it took them a little bit of time, but I'm still waiting on my stuff. So they actually beat me, which I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. What are the parts that you're still waiting on that have, that have I'm just waiting up? on a 400 amp service panel. Uh, uh, there's apparently, <laughs> apparently, apparently somebody's bought all of them around here. There's a home builder for the monster houses that, that run 400 amp service. I'm waiting on a couple square D parts and just sitting here twiddling my thumbs. But you've got the transformer, You know, right? I'm not... Yeah, the transformer's sitting there hanging on a pole. Because that was something I was hearing after the storms in Florida that a lot of the transformer uh, market had just become so tight that people were looking at month-long lead times. I saw like six-month, eight-month yep. lead times for transformers down there. Yeah, this is just a small one. I think they undersized me. Um, it, it, they upgraded an existing one that there's another house on. So mm. sorry if it blows. <laughs> blows on you when I fire up. But it's a fifty thousand k or a fifty kVA, and we are we told them we're running. We're going to run up to twenty of the you know twenty of these machines that take this 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 use. So we'll see if if it, it's on them if it blows though. But. Uh, it's already there in place and somebody else is connected to it. So it's not going anywhere. I mean, that's something that Econo Alchemist, yeah. uh, he definitely has experience with, right, is uh, exposing some underserviced infrastructure yep. on, the, on the power company side. Yeah, I've done that as well, too. So once I added four on my house, my house meter, um, I don't know, probably three months later, the seven houses went out. So we were down for a few hours and they came and repaired it, replaced it, and we were back up. Did you tell your neighbors it was you? I wasn't pulling it. Yeah, they know it was me. <laughs> a couple of them knew it was me. <laughs> they weren't that angry with me. That's good. They actually the power company came out. They were they knocked it out, man. They had three hours and swapped it out. Nice, man. Your power company sounds like a dream to deal with. Yeah, 
So I guess it's just we're I'm lucky in the state. See, I've compared our rates to the other providers, and they're a little bit a little bit lower. Yeah, for sure. So one thing when you were getting started out, and I think I think electricity tariffs are definitely one of the places where people tend to uh, get wrecked, uh, for lack of a better word. Yes. Um, yep. When you were actually doing your models for how much your electricity bill was going to cost. Were there, when you got your first bill, were you surprised by anything in there? Were there any ghost riders that started upping your per, per kilowatt hour power cost? Um, yeah, what, what, what was the biggest surprise for you as far as the financial modeling goes uh, after a year of having your first miners plugged in? So as far as the electricity estimating it, it was pretty, I was pretty close, but those tariffs are incredibly complicated. And if you don't sit there and, and go line by line and check every asterisk and, and flip to, you know, page 999 for this fee, you're going to get wrecked because there's all kinds of extra fees that you don't realize until you get the bill. But um, hopefully if you've got somebody on the phone, they can run a, run a bill for you. I did not, but um, I know that's an option. You can have an estimate done. But um, I just ran my numbers and I had friends with the same rate with a commercial building. So I just used their bill and modeled mine. So it actually came out pretty close. But but the biggest thing is I, I have a, a max KW usage for the, uh, it's a, I guess it's a load. So let's say my load for the month, my highest peak is 30 kilowatts. You know, if the wife, like for, for instance, the house, right? So if everything's on at the same time, you've got the air conditioning on, you got your miners cranking, you know, wife is running the dryer, all that stuff's going to hit your peak load. And, and that's a big impact. So if, if there's a way, I, you know, you can't tell, tell the kids to turn off the AC or the wife to stop drying clothes or else you're going to be drying your own clothes, right? <laughs> so <laughs> the idea was... I guess you can get hammered on that. So if you get a peak, you know, you're running everything out all, all at once, you know, that, that, that bill is in three or four line items, your, your max usage. I, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but it's your KW for, for the month, for the 15 minute cycle. Yeah. So break down real quick, just what those sort of core elements are of the, of the power bill. So you've got the demand charge, you've got the energy charge, and then you've got the, the secret hidden charges that always like to like to get you. Yeah, we've got a couple taxes. We've got storm. You know, we just had a hurricane too, so that'll be tacked on. There's always a line item for hurricane infrastructure because they, they get that back. You know, if the government doesn't fund it, you're you're paying for it. Um, and then there's some green, you know, cost recoveries. There's 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 like twelve line items in the bill. I don't have it up here. I should have pulled that up for you. I could talk a little bit more in depth. Oh no, it's 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 all good. I've trust me, I've, I've seen those in our own bills. I mean, you really open those up and you say, "Hey, can I actually get some detail on what on where you guys are charging and how my energy cost is, you know, two x what what you said it is in our in the tariff sheet." Um, and then yeah, you get those and it, well, they'll tell you to look at the tariff sheet. It's all in yeah, there. yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. The numbers aren't in there, of course, but you know they give you a very long convoluted formula of which you don't have the inputs for any of those symbols or numbers or letters in there. Um, yeah, we yeah. we have everything I think except for the fuel surcharge, and that's changed twice a year. Yeah. So, and you can bet your butt every every time they can jack it up, they will, they will because it's lagging. It's like a lagging. You know, it's a cost cost figure to them, and then they've got to get approval from the states. And so, so it, it, you know, after this last year, what we've seen with all the fuel fuel charges, oil and gas, we're coal and gas, I believe, is our primary. And uh, you know it's going to go up. Yeah, uh, they just updated where we are, and it was about um, double. 
what what it was before yeah, wow. so yeah um, yeah i'm anticipating at least 10 percent. you know from what we've talked not me personally but some other buddies have talked to them and uh, as, as far as a total effect to your to your bill i think so I, I think so yeah man so i think i think this kind of leads into a larger thing that i wanted to ask you about is when you're talking to people who are new to mining um what's one of the hardest things that you have uh a hard time with explaining to them whether it is a total someone who's not interested in actually mining themselves and is just like hey barn miner can you can you explain what this mining thing even is to me um and then also to the person who actually wants to mine themselves i mean where are the pitfalls where you're like you really need to pay attention here or you're going to get wrecked gosh it's really a lot i mean i guess you have to know going in i i, I didn't go in thinking i was going to make you know a lot of money i kind of did it to learn and it's kind of growing and become addictive. And if it's, I can get my sats, you know, for nearly at what I'm paying in electricity, I'm happy with that. So a lot of people think going in that, you know, you're going to, you're going to do well. And typically you're not with your residential rate. You, I think, you know, what I do, we loan out an S nine and you're not going to make money on an S nine. If you can heat your home, you might be able to offset some costs. But uh, I think one of the biggest challenges is the heat, the heat and the sound. You know, people don't don't know what their how much heat they they put out and and how loud they are. Those are your those are your two biggest things you have to get a get a, a grasp around. The economics, I can't tell you what your ROI is going to be. I can't tell you what the hell mine is. You know, <laughs> nobody can. You can write models all day long, right? You can use you know you guys got a great tool that you guys put out. I love that tool, but. Uh, I, I don't look at them anymore right now. <laughs> I'm just trying to just, just hang on. You know, I did I did some models, worst, best, better, right? And uh, we'll see we'll see in a few years how it goes. It's a funny effect when you when you start really diving into models and you say, okay, you know, we can raise this and we can we can put this yeah. much money in. So and you can we're play model get games all day. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's there's an interesting yeah. psychological effect that happens when when you first start. You kind of put in hopeful numbers. And you go, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, it, yeah we're only going to get this difficulty this adjustment and, you know, yeah. we're going to be able to mine this and, uh, you know, our power rate's going to be this. And then it's funny just watching the numbers that you tend to put in just become slowly more cynical over time. Uh, yeah, especially especially Start when you're making it yeah. sad, <laughs> especially <laughs> when you get 13 percent upward difficulty adjustments when the price is absolutely yeah. in the tank. Um yeah, I mean, so I, I think I want to talk about the mining market at large more, but I think before that. Uh, I want to talk about Pleb Miner Month and and your involvement in it um, and just what you really liked to see out of it. So for people that maybe weren't paying attention, how did the Pleb Miner Month uh, little movement get started? Um, and how were you able to uh, involve yourself in it? What did you like from it? Um, and when it comes around next year, what would you like to see either done differently or added in or continued or anything like that? I think it's been great. Initially, it started, John had asked me to... Um, go to a conference and speak and it was going to be kind of a panel and that didn't work out and he's didn't didn't let go of that idea and um decided decided to do something free for everybody so you don't have to pay to go to a conference uh, as far as education i think it turned out you know it was initially going to be like a 20 30 minute conversation it's turned out into over a month long thing of content so uh, i just kind of dove in with him he's he had a great idea and he, he's he worked with max bit by bit uh, recording all these pods with all these great, great miners and, um, you know, some articles. It just turned into this big, I don't know, open source 
you know, I, don't, I guess uh, open source mining mining content. So it's been pretty sweet because there's been so many people that have given clothing and S9s and all kinds of giveaways just for people to get started and interested in mining. So it's it's turned into something much bigger than I thought it would be. It's been been pretty sweet. And yeah, how encouraging has it been for you to see all that happening with price doing what it is with and I mean in the bottom of a bear market to be able to put something together like that I mean that has really you know made me feel very encouraged at least uh for yeah it's, it's bullish it's it's crazy just to see you know when I first started with Barber's Wizards you know telegram group there was only a couple hundred people in there and to see you know him develop he developed the black box and how many I don't know god knows how many of those are around around the world right now running you know I'm sure they're still selling. There's still pictures of people setting them it's up. It's an awesome product. At home setups. Yeah. You know, we see it's winter's coming. You got, you know, all the, all the northerners, they, they're starting to set up their at home, you know, their at home heat. And it's, I'm bullish. Yeah. It's, yeah, the price, price is down. <laughs> Energy rates are going up, but people are still plugging in miners. So. It really is sort it's of telling you, yeah, the market's telling you something. Yeah. Right? It's, it's the trifecta, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> that, Prices down, hash rate up, electricity rates up, and you know, uh, yeah. yet we're still getting people that are excited about mining and excited about learning about it. Um, it's awesome. So I, I, one thing that you've been able to do, and I, I noticed that you had a project where you actually got somebody set up with a black box on a balcony. Um, it's not done yet. It's not done so, yet. Yeah, yeah, the guys no. So the guy's been been dragging his feet, but that the goal, everything's planned. You know, all the quotes are in and. You know, we provided adjusted quotes with cheaper ASICs, but uh, he had never pulled the trigger. So it's still he still swears he's going to do it, but uh, we'll, we'll see. So, we, and man, that was going to be a great one. Uh, is that your first foray outside of the barn? Yes, other than just assisting people with setups, you know, going and helping them. But that was the first person that's asked me to do something for them. Okay, nice. Well, I really hope that one plans out for you because I really like the idea and I like bringing in the black box. You had, you had brought the black box over there though, right? No, not no. He hasn't purchased it yet because okay. he was trying to decide. Um, he's got the potential to do ten, but um, you know he's got pretty much a whole open panel on the other side of the wall, and uh, it's in an office suite that doesn't get used, and it's literally just in the back of the office on the second floor, and it's the perfect location for it. So, I mean, if worst case, we could do a, a four, a four, you know, a four minor one instead of the the ninety six. They could be a 96 holds 12 miners, but we were going to squeeze in 10. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to, I wanted to ask you about that because I think it's something, it's an idea that we had had for a while, you know, of thinking of unused electrical capacity in, in buildings mm -hmm. that aren't, you know, that, that are for some other business as an asset that people are sitting on that, that isn't currently doing anything. And it's especially an asset from the power company's point of view, because, you know, if that panel is not being used, but it's still built to have a certain amount of capacity then if something all of a sudden plugs in on it, they have to be ready to deliver that electricity. But if there's yeah. nobody doing anything on it, then it's not making any money for them. Um, yep. So, I mean, it's interesting. One, how did you find that guy? Um, and two, you know, for people, other people that might want to pursue projects like that of getting out into the community and finding, you know, local business owners that have unused power capacity, what were some challenges that you, that you've, found other than obviously the person that you found dragging their feet um but but finding the right uh, electrical infrastructure uh knowing what the tariffs are going to be um again all comes back to interfacing with that utility company uh, but yes yeah, so what were some of the challenges that you found with that 
Well, he found me actually. We had been friends for a while, known each other, and he had knew what I was doing and came over to the house and, and saw what I was doing. He's like, well, you've got to do this at my office. Come check my office out. So we went over there. I had my electrician come out and, you know, see, see what the capacity was. He's like, hey, I've got this, this area. What, what do you think we can do? And so he, he basically found me and I know he, he's in the same, same area as me as far as power. So I was familiar with his, his rate. So the biggest thing is figuring out the rate. That's the tough part, right? That's, you know, you can, can be detrimental <laughs> you get all these asics in there and you get your first bill and ouch yeah you're on that general service rate where they get you with 16 yep. cents a kilowatt hour or whatever they get you with yep yeah um i i think that that that's a really untapped i, I don't know if i want to say market but I, i'd like to see that you know everywhere you know even if you're running a business and your rate is you know, nominal, you can still, if you have a well-run business, you can expense that out. You're paying that electricity and you can still stack Bitcoin. I mean, it may cost you a little bit more, but you might need that expense in your business. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, and if the person that's sort of orange pilling you into mining at your business in the first place can convince you to be a hodler mm-hmm. on that front, then by God, it actually might end up being very, yeah. very worthwhile for you. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think that's, that's, you know, a really interesting model. And it's, and it's very cool. It very much embraces the open source and decentralized ethos of Bitcoin. Um, and I would really, really like to see some people doing that. So when I saw that you were doing that, I just thought kudos, kudos to barn miner. I think that is, really I think it's cool. great. Yeah. yeah. I have a buddy too. I went to visit him in another state recently and his, his buddy has a large factory and they have a ton of electricity and it's everywhere. And they've got, miners everywhere like anywhere they can find a gap there's a miner there and it's so it's so great you never know that they're mining bitcoin in this place and 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 the guy's all about it he's you know he's like well people he's like people think i'm crazy that i'm doing he's like my business is paying the electricity and i'm stacking bitcoin so what the hell do i got to lose (laughs) (laughs) Uh, did he say anything about how that that was the best response yeah no kidding i mean uh did he say anything actually about how they are physically set up? I mean, I'm interested if they're. Oh, I went up there. Yeah, oh, you yeah they're, just, they're scattered. Yeah. So did they it's just have random two forty volt outlets that were sitting around? And yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's an old factory. It was built many years ago, so there's electricity all over the place. Stuff that's disconnected. They're not using anymore. I mean, it's a hodgepodge building. It's just an industrial building that's been used and reused and spaghetti all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> but you can hunt the stuff down and find a 240. They're plugging them in. Yeah. So are, the what, what are they thing. doing for sound? Or are they just those things whirring in that factory and it's loud in that factory and it doesn't even matter? They're not doing anything. It's up up above every, everything. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. Nice. It's like in an attic. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, I've got a friend. It's pretty sweet. I've got a friend who's building at a marijuana farm right now and he has a lot of spare capacity in his attic and he's sort of been yep. thinking about the same type of thing. He's like, can I, can I put that in I tell in you attic? what, man. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, dude, it works in this climate and it's hot there. It was a hot summer, so, and they're still hashing. They're all what's miners and they just hash away. There's some S9s, but um, what was that? I was going to say something. Oh, oh the, so the air quality, it's 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 in food production, right? So the air quality is phenomenal. So he's had these, we took one apart. He's like, I haven't cleaned these things. I'm like, well, let's take one apart and look at it and see if there's, you know, they need to be clean. Dude spec and span like the thing was new that's how clean and i've never seen one so clean other than getting it out of the box i couldn't believe how it was like at least eight months old and the thing was clean as hell like, how did you do this <laughs> i'm sure it was just so oddly satisfying cracking that thing open just like yeah. wow, there's just no dust on this at all 
uh, man, that's awesome. Um, well, cool. I mean, it I in an attic. That was crazy. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, again, like we just said with, with the greater backdrop going on, all that stuff is so bullish. Um, and it sort of reminds you why we all get addicted to this and how much fun it is in the first place. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I, I think I definitely want to talk about sort of the state of mining. So, I mean, if you have been sleeping under a rock, uh, the network hash rate is up about 35 exahash in the last two weeks. Um, we just had a 13% difficulty adjustment. We got another beefy difficulty adjustment of about probably three or 4% coming in on the next one. Um, yeah, hash rate has been relentless. Um, prices absolutely crabbed sideways for the last month and a half at this point. Um, how, what, what is a, what does a market recovery look like for the average home miner? <laughs> and other than, I mean, and it probably is, we would only expect to see it in the realm of price. Um, but yep. what does the home miner survival kit look like right now? I don't know. Hang on. <laughs> Keep them plugged in if you can. I, I've, I've gone down. We talked about this, I think, on Econo's Hashcast not too long ago. We were talking about how the hell we hang in this bear market, right? And I don't have the option to reuse heat. So I'm just I'm getting rid of it. It's my enemy. So my only option is to kind of look for efficiencies, keeping the ASICs cooler, um, and then going into low power mode on on my what's miners they, they do become more efficient they don't hash as much but they cost a little bit less and they pump out a little bit more tear ash so you got to find those efficiencies and, and kind of hang on um you know i think we're getting close that the asic prices are pretty pretty low in usd it may behoove you to get some and hold on to them if you can't plug them in right away i don't know you know these it, it's crazy i know when i got in i knew there'd be times when i'd probably be hurting but it, hanging in there. Everybody I know that's been in it for a couple cycles, it's been mining. They're like, this is the time you build. This is the time you regroup, you get efficient and you get ready for the next bull run. I have no idea when that's going to happen or I can't, I'm not predicting price or hash rate, <laughs> but you know, that's that stupid term bear markets are for building. I think it's really, it holds true. We'll see. It's definitely true. I mean, I think if you can survive, if yeah. you can survive through a bear yeah. market, I mean, the tailwinds that you're going to experience in a bull market are just going to be something like you never could never could have expected. You know, I, I saw somebody talk about too. You know, uh, there's a lot of speculation on whether or not this is actually the bottom for ASIC prices, um, yeah. and some people are like, oh well, it's it's certainly the bottom. And some, I think it was Nico. I think Nico, Nico tweeted he was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, Alex too. Yeah, Alex Kaboom was saying that. I, I, I think yeah. Nico tweeted he was like, yeah, but the question is, how long do we stay down here? Um, yes. And, and I think that is actually a really good point because it's not just we couldn't maybe it's not just max pain and that we go down to 15k or something like that. But, you know, maybe max pain looks like we stay at 19,383 for, for, for the next eight <laughs> months, <laughs> uh, which, you know, it, it, Bitcoin price action tends to be one of the most maddening things. So I would I would assume if that's max pain, Bitcoin will probably find a way to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, another option that home miners have is to up the efficiency of their machines of to of to buy the more expensive uh, models like the XPs and the M50s. Um, what do you? Th I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, one thing we talked about was the ASIC prices in USD are getting pretty low. Um, and you know, I'm I'm glad you brought up our calculator. And um, we we tend to think of everything in Bitcoin denominated terms. In Bitcoin, yeah. yeah. Yep. So I mean, the, even the Bitcoin denominated prices for the S19s are looking pretty solid right now. Um, but I mean, my big problem with the newest gen models is the Bitcoin denominated 
prices still just look absolutely absurd. Yes, so. They look yeah. absurd. Yeah, um, it's nuts. Well, it's the new thing out, right? Are you willing to 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 make that risk and pay that extra to get the efficiency? I mean, jury's out on their on their how long they're going to last, right? Is it going to be another S nineteen or S seventeen flop? <laughs> Shit, I don't know. I don't, am I willing to to risk five grand to figure it out? I'll let somebody else do that. You know. Right now, I don't have. I don't know. I w- there's some people talking about buying M, You know, the M fifties. Uh, it's up to you to do it. It's risky. I think it's pricey. Yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely pricey. And I think that the other part, um, part of that formula that people don't really touch on as much is, you know, it's just another day closer to that having i mean so when you look at the bitcoin denominated prices now compared to you know maybe last summer um or when we had just gotten sort of the the pre-bear market before we got the second second top of that run when we went to about 60k in the fall um you know bitcoin bitcoin denominated prices for those asics were about the same as they are now yet the Mm -hmm. bitcoin denominated the bitcoin time to roi given that we've only got about 18 months or so till the next halving Again, yeah, it's just you got to got to scratch your head a little <laughs> bit sometimes and be like, oh man, maybe maybe, maybe it's, these prices still have a further way down to go. But I mean, you know, all yep. your models will will get wrecked, as as they say. They're but all yeah, broken. Yeah. yeah, all model. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any plans on buying anything any uh, M50s. To be honest, I'm getting my infrastructure built out. I've got room to expand, and I'm just kind of in a holding. I just want to tweak everything, finish up. My wife's gonna kill me if I don't get the garage crap into the barn soon. It's just kind of, I'm infrastructure and then we're going to run with what I got for now. I think, see how it goes. If I got some extra cash, I might grab, you know, another M30, but, but I don't think I'm grabbing any M50s or XPs. So one, one thing I know a lot of people are experiencing right now is that a lot of people are mining in the red. Um, yep. Why continue? Why continue to mine in the red? What are, what are the sort of the philosophical reasons, the maybe the economic reasons, um, and any other, any other reasons that, that somebody might continue to actually mine at a loss? Uh, I guess if you're DCAing, I mean, you've been mining so long, it should average out in theory, right? So, I mean, could you unplug? Sure. I guess you could, but, uh, if you're, I don't, if you're not, not bleeding too hard and you can keep stacking and you're, it's reasonable to you. I, I don't know whatever your threshold would be, but I wouldn't have a problem being five five percent or ten percent you know for a little bit at some point you're gonna have to turn them off if it gets too too bad they're bleeding at least stop some bleeding especially especially if you're mining up in the northeast when your power rates at about probably 25 cents 25 cents yeah. a kilowatt hour yeah, at this then, point then you might want to be looking for for somebody who's got a little bit bigger facility yeah no doubt driving down there yeah <laughs> um so one i thank you for talking to everything about uh your your way for for pitching this to other people and man i hope i hope that guy stops dragging his feet and you're able to expand out there um on on the balcony and doing and doing the black box system out there um i think i think everything you said about pleb minor month is, is so spot on um there's a lot to be reasons to still be bullish on this space in general even though we are sitting here talking october 18th at the at the depth of the bear market um yep. i think i think the last thing i want to just give you a chance to touch on uh, before before we call it is you're an outspoken proponent of no KYC uh, Bitcoin. Um, and I just want to give you a chance to talk about why that is and why that's important and what the benefits to no KYC versus KYC Bitcoin are. What are what does the risk model look like for you as far as uh, using KYC type services? 
I have learned a lot in the last year and I was the biggest KYC shit corner that you ever knew a few years ago. So I, I've really, I, my mindset has changed, you know, after, you know, hacks and data breaches, data leaks. Um, I, I just think of privacy is, is important. It's become more important in my mind, especially my kids are getting older and they're on media and it just, you see all of this, I guess all this data going out. I mean, you're a, you're a product, right? I mean, the Google, Apple's, it, it's insane. I, I just don't see buying it on an exchange. It, originally, you know, the more you learn about Bitcoin, the more it's peer-to-peer, -peer, never meant to be an exchange product, right? And I think, I don't know, I'm kind of going back to the original roots or ethos. I, I don't know, my, my mind has changed completely over the last couple of years as, as far as my thinking of KYC versus non-KYC. I think privacy is important. And I think it's even more important today than it was yesterday and becoming and becoming more so all the time um yeah, yeah no, I mean, it really does feel like every week we're now getting some news about a major data breach happening at some major exchange yeah. or company or lending service or uh, this still lending services have they not all blown up yet but anyway uh, yeah, i think they exist <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, I think we covered a lot of our minor and I want to say thank you so much for coming on. I think this was a great conversation. Uh, thanks for walking us through your operations. Um, if you don't follow barn minor on Twitter, make sure you follow him. It's pretty easy. Just, uh, uh search for barn minor, go into the home mining wizards telegram group. Um, come to learn, uh, barn minor. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, appreciate it and hope to have you back again sometime. All right, man. Thanks for having me.